right, it's rolling. Cool. <coughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. And I keep rolling, the rolling, intro. rolling. How about that? All right. Okay, I'm doing it. I'm doing it now. Yeah, do it. Stop the new metal noises, please. No. Let, <laughs> let me do the intro. <laughs> Ah, uh, just like, just like always. Uh, just hello let, and welcome. <laughs> what? Let the what? bodies hit what? the floor. Let the body. No, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. Hello and welcome to the Antifada, where unrest is best. I'm Jamie Peck. I'm Sean KP. I'm AP Andy. And uh, today we're just gonna, you know, have a little, have a little chit chat. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I'm ready to chit. I'm ready to chat. Uh, <laughs> it's a lovely day to record a podcast. Let's fucking go. Jamie, you look like you have something to say. Uh, <laughs> Do you? Uh, shout out to Poochie. Um, yeah, so, okay, I guess uh, I can't put it off any longer. Uh, I have an announcement today in personal news. Um we finally have the answer to the question, who gets to keep the podcast in a Brooklyn divorce? <laughs> and the answer is the man, of course. Um, the patriarchy strikes again. You know, there's a widespread belief that men are just naturally better suited to parenting a podcast. So, you know, that's how the judge finally decided after three years. And Thank you, uh, Judge John Hodgman, for that ruling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's how it's gonna be. I think the um, verdict was firm but fair. Yeah, you you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> um, no, I'm mostly mostly kidding, but um, I am not kidding about the fact that I am moving on to uh, greener pastures. That's that sounds like a mean way to say it. Equally green in a different way, pastures. She's uh, going on to become a shepherd upstate. <laughs> She's going to shepherd the listeners around and teach them communism in the fields of upstate New York. I mean, that sounds good. Um, kind of. Um, I still live in Brooklyn for now, but uh, I am moving on to focus on my new show, Everybody Loves Communism, which is probably going to be rebranded soon with a better name that name was kind of a placeholder and then it's just stuck like that's how i've named most of my cats as well <laughs> but uh, i'm not gonna let that happen this time uh well the antifado <coughs> was uh took a brainstorming session you came up with that <coughs> one many many years ago so you know we can it's all true. trust that you know when the time comes elc can can also go on to greener pastures and become like Commie cast or the, sh <laughs> the show about Marx or um, Marks it place. By Dude, NPR. I've come up with so many. I have come. Oh, Marx. Okay, I get it. Ha uh, ha. Yeah, really uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guys are like, how did you come up with the Antifada? I'm like, I don't know. I just did. Like, I just was we were spitballing ideas. We were thinking of, of like two things that really piss off reactionaries and one of them is antifa and one we were of them is intifada <laughs> we were thinking what's going to piss off andy in a year when we ask him to come on and be the producer <laughs> yeah there was a, a a meeting before you actually started doing the podcast where you told me you'd be doing a podcast together and i was like oh sounds great and you said the name will be antifada and i was like oh no that's you can't have that be the name it's a horrible name and you, and you like thought it was funny, and I was like, no, seriously, do not have that name. 
And just the more I argued against it, the more you loved it. And here we are. And now the, the rest is history. And, you know, people don't know this. Maybe Jamie doesn't know this, but we only brought Matt Leckin as a placeholder for those four or five episodes before Andy came on to force the issue and make him be producer at a <laughs> podcast called The Antifada. It was 20-dimensional chess. Yeah, it was trickery. It was some five-head shit. Yeah, we tricked him. Uh, and now you still have to do the show that is called that, and I'm not even going to be there. So that's like the ultimate troll. She laughs last. But, uh, yeah, you can change it if you want to. I don't care. Um, no, everybody but... just calls me Andy Fada now. So. Uh-huh. Well, you know, when you take it over and kick off Sean, you can change it to the Andy Fada. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is and becoming a very be... mercenary process here. Damn. It'll just be yours um, forever. But, no, I think I might call it uh, 21st century party people. Oh, okay. Aaron and Jorge are both too young to get the reference that I'm making because it's a reference to a movie that I'm sure you guys know about. Oh, but, yeah, uh, about the factory scene in Manchester, right? In Manchester. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a little bit niche, but I feel like even if you don't get the reference, it's like a cool, fun name. But maybe we'll just call it Party People. I don't know. Um, we got We got some things in the works, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm not dying, all right? Like, I feel like... When I left the majority report, like I still get messages from people like miss you on the majority report. I don't know what you're doing now, but I hope you're great. Or like, <laughs> like uh, people even like talking about me online. Like, is she even doing anything anymore? She just like really dropped out of politics, fell off the face of the earth. Mm. I'm like, guys, guys, I have a podcast. I put it out every week. It's in my Twitter bio. It's on my fucking Wikipedia page. If you Google me, like, I'm not that hard to find. But is somebody even in this day and age, is somebody even alive and breathing if they're not posting content? You know, if well, the point is that I am posting content. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I never stopped. But and it's good. The the episode last week was really cool. I listened to a couple before that. uh, ELC pod is good, folks. Check it out. And Aaron is back now, huh? And Aaron rules. Aaron is back as hell. He has become a bit of like a uh, podcast, not impresario, because that would be like he's an entrepreneur, but he's like on how many podcasts now? He's really doing it. Um, he's on mine. He's on Trailbilly Workers Party. He is like a comics correspondent on Struggle Session. There might be some other ones I don't even know about. Prolific. Very prolific. He should and raise his rates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And he is also, of course, one of Twitter's most wanted, just infinitely yeah. persecuted across space and time. Banned so many times. This is why I think it's a good thing that Elon Musk buys Twitter. I think that he's going to give Aaron and Donald Trump their their um, accounts back, and he's also <laughs> going to force uh, conceptual James James Lindsay to unblock me on Twitter. <laughs> it's going to be a, a free speech bonanza. We're going to be Sounds free speech like, uh, all over the place. Sounds like a win-win-win, honestly, because I miss Donald Trump. I miss his tweets. His tweets tweets. are hilarious. I miss Aaron, obviously, and I want him to help promote my show. And the conceptual James thing seems like your business. I listen. I'm not entirely sure what that's all about. I wasn't going to pay for it, but I downloaded his excellent new work entitled Race Marxism about uh, critical race theory. And uh, I think I'm going to actually do an episode about it. So maybe I can oh get, maybe, maybe now we can get Conceptual James to finally come on the show. James we, Lindsay, go on Antifada. We, we've done a number of episodes on race and Marxism, so this should have fit in just fine. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I'm doing that. I'm really, I'm doing a show as well as um, working on a book proposal. And I'm actually going to finish it this time. Uh, I have an agent and everything, and it's actually coming along nicely. And I say that like I'm surprised because the last time, I mean, what happened the last time? Uh, I kind of started this show and got distracted. Like I was looking back at my Instagram. I'm like, when was the last time I really worked hard on this book proposal? Oh, that was four years ago, right before I started the Antifada. Uh, and it's been a wild fucking ride and it's changed my life in so many ways. But I've always missed writing. That was what I did up until from, you know, when I was certainly from when I graduated college, but even before that, until like four years ago, that was my main thing. That was how I made money, believe it or not. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to be getting back to that as well because oh, I really, yeah. really missed it. Like when the, when the podcast kind of took off, I was like obviously excited but i was like also confused like really this is the thing i do that you like <laughs> like uh i've all i've been writing my entire fucking life and i think i'm pretty good at it uh but this other thing that i just fell dick first into is the thing i do that people like but you know that's what life is like a lot of the time well you know when we started this thing about four years ago or so podcasts were having a bit of a moment especially left podcasts and your being on majority report i think helped us kind of break through the clutter of so many other sort of uh you know outfits out there and um yeah we kind of we kind of rode that wave and here we are many years later but you know i remember you're a great writer and uh, i think it's really good that you're going to that are you going to be doing journalism as well or are you just going to work on your book I'm going to work on the book right now. I'm working on the book in the pod, uh, but we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. I mean, journalism was very frustrating because, uh, like, look, uh, <laughs> I, I was excited. Like, I had this article that I worked on for, like, nine months for Rolling Stone. Remember that? And uh, it came out to very little fanfare, and I got paid, I believe, $700 for Oof. it. So... Journal. I don't know how anyone is still doing it right now, honestly. Um, you got to start a, a sub stack and start attacking, um, you know, uh, marginalized people. I think that's how you make it. <laughs> yeah. in, uh, I, I, I guess I, I just have to get myself canceled. Right. Yeah. And then I can mm -hmm. start like a hundred thousand dollar a month sub stack. Is that how it works? Yeah. I mean, would you like us to cancel you? Andy and I could cancel you. We could, Andy could like cut together all your words and make the end oh, of this boy. episode be like, well, this is Jamie Peck signing off death to all, you know, whatever. We'll <laughs> fill in the blanks. And then that way you can be pilloried by everybody. And then you could start a sub stack and you and Michael Tracy could just sail off into the sunset together. Oh my God. Until you got to the Michael Tracy part, I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. Yeah. Nobody wants to be canceled with Michael Tracy. <laughs> That's that's some bad bad company. Yeah. yeah. Um, bad also, company. Yeah. I'm I'm picking up a little freelance work too. Um, not as sexy, but uh, you know when people are all like, "How's Jamie paying her rent? Does she have a trust fund?" That's like you know part part partial answer to that question. Uh, but yeah, um, we had no idea what we were doing when we started this podcast. I certainly didn't, uh, and it's really. It's really turned out well for us, I think. It's turned out well for me. Uh, it's crazy to think that I've only been in this business for, like, four years. Uh, wow. Um, like, I'd been a leftist for a really long time. 
at least at least since Occupy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was well on my way before that, but then I kind of put some of the pieces together. Uh, and I'd only been writing about politics for like a year when I started working at Majority Report, which is also crazy to think about, right? Like, uh, you know, I had politics, but I and I was a writer, but I wrote mostly about like pop culture shit, music, did some gonzo journalism, some weird news, and then. My boss at Death and Taxes was like, hey, how about you write about this Bernie Sanders guy who's running in the primary? And I was like, Ugh, electoral politics are so lame. Like, I am so much, that's like not my politics. I'm so much cooler than this. But like, I'm like, you know what? I am kind of interested in this and uh, I can make money <laughs> writing about leftist politics now in a way that was just not on the table before that. So thank you, Bernie. Thanks for... Um, kickstarting my business uh if he, if he runs for a third time maybe i'll have to come back and uh give the color commentary on his third run at the age oh of my 82 God. years old or whatever please bernie don't do that man don't oh, don't God. fucking run please <sighs> he's gonna get owned so hard again i know it's gonna be like a worse own every time and yeah and he's gonna be like even older so it's gonna you know it's going to take a toll on him. Just like let, leave him alone. The left has a succession problem. The the electoral path to socialism, I think, has been like fairly discredited at this point. But like there's always like that teeny tiny spark. There's that teeny tiny crack in the door where I'm like, maybe no, but maybe, but probably not. Um, but if he but runs yeah. this time, maybe he can be transphobic and he'll win. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he can have vice president, uh, vice presidential Glenn candidate. Greenwald. No, I was going to say Christian Smalls. <laughs> oh, fuck. I mean, Chris Smalls is not transphobic as far as we know. Well, he's going to have to make him transphobic. Bernie's mm-hmm. going to have to do some of his like patriarchal yelling thing enough that Chris Smalls <laughs> becomes transphobic. And then they can start a sub stack and then they can use that to, to pivot on into a presidential run. I should be getting paid for this shit, man. <laughs> You can start a consultancy a consultancy firm. Yeah, Antifada, Antifada consulting. consulting. I like that. Sure. Um, I I I think one thing I was you were talking about the early podcast. One thing that I think was a big inspiration for us in the beginning, and um, you know when we were thinking about how to run this thing was not Majority Report. It was uh, the Michael Brooks show. That's right. He had a really really good way of uh, kind of combining fun stuff also with like serious stuff and being you know critical but also being light about it sometimes so rest in peace michael man you were a real inspiration to us and maybe we moved on a little bit from some of the earlier stuff we did but i think we do still kind of hold a core of that you know for this and we'll try to bring it forward oh absolutely absolutely um Michael was a big, big influence on me at the beginning, uh, as well as Chapo Trap House in terms of showing us, yeah, you could do a show that's both serious and fun. And then it was up to us to create our own kind of weird punk rock version of that. So as always, rest in power, Michael. You pissed me off sometimes, but you were my comrade and I wish you were still here. So yeah. Gone um, too soon. But also shout out to Sam. I think he was less influential in terms of the format of the show, but um, he, I mean, one thing he did that I really liked was taking calls from the people, getting to talk to people. And that was something that we figured out how to do for our Twitch stream, 
and that was always really cool to hear from the fans. Um, we also had that uh, the anniversary show too, where we took calls. That was really fun as a bonus yeah. episode. Yeah, very very well screened calls from our good. I mean, all our fans are good. It's really a self selecting group of cool people. But um, Sam. He helped us out a lot. Can't deny it. Uh, he let us use the studio, which gave us like a really big advantage in terms of audio quality that a lot of podcasts did not have uh, really from the beginning. And, uh, you know, obviously he gave me a chance to promote the show every day on the Majority Report, which was a much bigger show, even though he thought our politics are dumb and wrong. And that was really nice of him. Uh, Really can't say that I would have done the same for uh, someone with his politics if our roles were somehow reversed and like communist thought was hegemonic. And I had a huge YouTube show that I started with Janine Garofalo. So, so you know? may, maybe on um, on everybody loves communism or 21st century party people or whatever, you should get like a young uh, left liberal, like Democrat type on the show <laughs> just to kind of like uh, give it to him, you know. Yeah, just, just to you give know, him shit all the time and dismiss him and all that stuff. Put it really put him in their place. Yeah, then they interrupting can, me. Then they can climb over your body. <laughs> I'd like to see him try, uh, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll put an ad up on uh, Liblist or wherever <laughs> wherever they find jobs. Um, that would be that'd be a fun a fun thing to do to someone. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, who more shout outs. Uh, one thing that was cool about this show was being able to get all of my friends involved in various capacities. It was just like this cool, fun clubhouse where we got to play every week. Um, my ride or die witch, Debbie, did the logo. I guess you guys got to change that now. Or just find a girl who looks like me <laughs> to replace me. That would also be fine. Um, Shout out to Boy Jamie for doing the music, the musical intro. I I think it's held up pretty well. I like it. It's a good little generic piece of like punk rock instrumentation. Mm -hmm. um, and the fans. God. Okay. So we could not have done any of this if it weren't for the people listening. I don't even like to call them fans because that implies that we're like better than them and it's not participatory. And we always wanted to make it, you know, participatory within reason. <laughs> like, you can't come in and just be like, you know what? I think you guys should be like a Marxist-Leninist podcast. And um, I'm not going to take no for an answer. But no, like, there was as that far time as I can tell. There was that time after the Majority Report live show when we had 30 people together in Sam's studio and had them all oh, on yeah. the show. <laughs> and managed okay, somehow was... not to cause $10,000 worth of damage to the Majority Report. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, I feel like we've tried, we've been trying to hide it from Sam ever since. Like, just how many people were in the studio. But well, we're coming he, out now, Sam. Now you know. Because he listens to every episode. He listens to every episode. Like, how many people we've had in there, how many drugs we've done, just like how much people, how much sex people have had, like, right on his desk. Oh, Jesus. Like, all kinds of, all kinds of shit. Uh, yeah, and that's, t I'm totally joking about all of that. None of those things are true. Um, I have a question yeah. about Sam. When, when you, he would throw to you to uh, plug the show, was he intentionally calling it the Intifada, or did he just forget? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say he forgot. 
Okay. Because sometimes yeah, he would get it right, but I couldn't tell if it was like a, a one of those old guy jokes where you say it wrong. I don't think so. Uh, I feel like Sam is usually more obvious about when he's making a joke. And like, no, he like really does get a lot of shit wrong. He thought he that also- you had a podcast called The Intifada. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty fucking hilarious uh, to think about. Uh I mean, yeah, that is that was always an occupational hazard of the name. Like whenever I would try to search for it, you know, I'm not above Googling myself once in a while to see if anyone's talking about it. Google would always be like, did you mean the Intifada? And I'd be like, no, no, bitch. I know what I said. Um, I'm just glad it's not the other way where if you search for the Intifada, it says, do you mean Antifada? That's that's the way. That's how that's how we got to grow this thing. We got to get so big that when somebody tries to look at the heroic struggle of the Palestinian people through history, they have to ask. It's like, did you mean this stupid podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, well, you know, hashtag goals for the for the next quarter or two. Um, But yeah, the fans. The fans, the fans, the fans. Um, they're, they're, you're, you guys are great. You guys are good fans. Um, you're not hogs like the people who listen to Chapo. Uh, you really are like a self-selecting group of cool people who are into the same things as us, which makes me feel awesome. Um, and you're doing cool things, too. You're not just listening to the podcast. Like, There's really no better feel Because we've t- had a lot of talks about this. Like, How can we overcome this thing? that podcasts are and actually make people do stuff in the world rather than just, you know, maybe they feel a little more comfortable in their alienation out in all their, their cars. Maybe they live in a part of the country where there's not a lot of leftists there and they're just like, all right, I feel a little less alone, which is like not a bad thing, but we really want people to do things too, if possible. So yeah, there's no better feeling than when a fan contacts us to tell us about, all the cool stuff they're doing or tells us we inspired them to act in some way, like thinking about the mutual aid project in Minneapolis, uh, the, the no evil foods people who tried to form a union and were fired, but you know, they were very heroic in their efforts. Um, we got a we got a self-organized reading group in our Discord. That's super cool. So I've, shout out to all the fans. I've been reached out to by many people who said uh, thanks to the podcast they went and uh, got a job. They got a union job in the building trades, trying to maybe turn that very conservative industry just a little bit redder. And every time I hear one of those stories, boy, does it feel good. Yeah, I just want to add to that that and you you basically uh, said the same thing, Jamie, but. Um, as much as I like hearing that we've influenced listeners in some way um, or moved them to take some action, uh, we also learn a lot from the fans. And like everyone out there um, has their own struggles, and we love to hear about it and what your perspective is. And we do that in our Discord community, but it's also always great when we have listeners on and just do episodes chatting. Um, so, yeah, we definitely moving forward want to do a lot more of that. Hell yeah. Um, also, Aaron, Aaron Thorpe, my new buddy, my new co-host, he was a fan of the Antifada right, before yeah. he even made a podcast, and we met him online, and now we're doing a show together, so that's pretty cool. That's damn cool. And he is just an unstoppable poster. He is. He's back, folks. He has a new Twitter handle today. He's on Follow that, him. He's on that Sigma grind set. 
You'll you'll find them. Uh, Look for the Elizabeth yeah. Warren turquoise or whatever that color is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does like that color. It's a nice color. Um, yeah, that's yeah, all right. Uh, oh, and shout out to Matt Leck, obviously. He helped us get started. Uh, he didn't really seem that into it <laughs> after a while. So then we asked uh, we asked Andy, but he definitely helped us figure out how to like actually make a podcast. Uh, so, you know, Matt, props, Matt props was to him. Great, he he really helped us out a lot in those early days. But uh, we couldn't have done it without Andy, because when Andy came on, he brought uh, you know not only uh, his producing skills but also his takes on stuff, which are really good. And I think that the three of us really complemented each other well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Andy is great. Um, my favorite thing that you do is travel around the world and get interviews with all kinds of people that I never would have run into on my own, um, especially in Latin America. So keep up the good work with that. I certainly will. Um, yeah. And it was my idea, BT Dubs. It's my idea to invite you. So I'm glad I'm glad the name was not a barrier to you joining the podcast. Or too much of a barrier anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And our friends, so many friends. So, yeah, I mean, like the reason why we thought we could start a podcast to begin with was because we were like, oh, hey, we have a lot of friends who we'd be really good guests on a podcast. And we were right. And it's still... I mean, we have on lots of people who aren't our friends or, you know, they're friend adjacent, but like we don't know them before we have them on. Um, but like, especially at the beginning, it was really great to have on all of our wonderful friends, people that I just hang Mural, out with on the regs. Aaron like Petkoff, yeah, Jacob Aaron. Blumenfeld, John Alex David, Gendler. Alex Gendler. Asher. Asher, shout out to shout out to Sophie Sophie Weiner too for being on the first ever episode that was not good and will never be released. <laughs> but you know what? You some you gotta you gotta start somewhere. Natasha, you gotta Leonard, rip off the band aid. Another good friend who would. I always liked that too. Like we could have big names on. You know, we could have um, big academics or whatever. But also just like cool people we know from life who have good politics and a good critique and can come on and bullshit with us. We'll try to yeah. move, keep that moving forward, too. We got Doug Henwood, Liza Featherstone, uh, Wilson, Wilson Sherwin. I really hope she publishes her uh, her thesis as a book someday. I think that would be cool. Um, Ross Wolf. Oh, yeah. Pavlos Rufos. Yeah. Um, and then folks like Andrew Calloway, who was literally just a guy that I kidnapped from the DSA convention uh, in the hopes that he would sober up enough to do a podcast with us, and he did. And that could have gone a lot darker directions, but mm. we're wholesome people, so. Oh, yeah, he was still drunk, and he came over, and he podcasted so at the studio. That's, that is a heroic podcasting moment. Yeah, I mean, I ho hopefully we're not canceled. Like I've spoken to him a number of times since then, and he seems to look back upon that fondly. You know, even though he was probably too drunk to consent to podcast that day. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're but, looking uh, <laughs> for a way to get canceled. But he had a great time. All right. Everyone had a great time. It was fine. Um, <laughs> who else? Who else was good? Um, I really liked having on Tithi and Chinzia about feminism for the 99%. Um, 
It was cool to have a bunch of sex workers in the studio for the decrim and why episode. Um, and oh, and then we had them read Colin Ty afterwards, which was super, super fun. Because, uh, you know, Colin Ty had some stuff to say about sex work 100 years ago. But we wanted to see what uh, modern day sex workers had to say about it. And they were they were very game. Uh, so shout out to to Nina, to Rachel Rabbit White, Oyster. She went on the Twitch much later. Um, really great, great folks. Um, hope I haven't seen the last of them. Uh, let's see, who else? We got Peter Fraze. We got Heather Fortune, my friend from online who came to New Hampshire with me to Canvas for Bernie. Uh, George Chicarello Marr, really great, great podcast. He always gives a great interview. Um, Aaron Bananov, really good book that I still refer to oh, once yeah. in a while. Because it has a lot of the same concepts as Capital, but it's easier to read. Um, not to say you shouldn't read Capital as well, but uh, good book is good, folks. Read that book. Um, buy the book. What's it called? Automation in the Future of Work? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, check that out. That was one of my faves. Um, we got a little bit tricked sometimes, too, in the beginning. Like, we read some things that weren't real. <laughs> like the... <laughs> That, that that Florida Maoist Everglade Foco or whatever yeah, that was the, uh, the, the, com the Florida Communist Front. That was, you know, I, I still want to believe that yeah, that's real. I don't care that it wasn't real. In fact, Paul and I on the Twitch stream the other day reread that just for shit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a great piece of satire. If nothing else. Done. The idea of like hiding out in the in the swamps and um, making money through uh, snake skins and then approaching the agricultural workers and getting them to join your commune, eventually all the way up to getting uh, nuclear weapons and holding the bourgeoisie hostage from Florida, surrounding Miami. But uh, the Maoist review of Shrek 2 was real. Oh, that, that was, was a so real, real, sincere oh, yeah. Maoist group. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's an easy mistake to make. Like, oh, a Maoist group is saying some crazy shit? No, you don't say. Um, we did get we get we got tricked by um, the Stalin one too. Like it was just this Shrek is love, Shrek right. is life, weird weird meme, but with Stalin, Stalin instead. We love, thought that was Stalin is life. That that really still funny. That, it was funny, <laughs> but that really showed like the limits of my of how Reddit my brain is. Yeah, well, you you fixed that since then. I think you are uh, extremely online compared to the way you used yeah. to be. So you're welcome. No, you're welcome for ruining your brain. That's one great thing that this podcast has gotten me is a broken ass brain. Yeah. You gave, you gave me marks. I gave you online <laughs> question mark. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry it's, about it's that. It's an even trade. It's fine. All right. Good, great. I mean, you seem like you're having fun with it. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I really liked the time when we had on our friend Comrade Communicator oh, yeah. for a very polarizing episode on Posadism. That was one for the books. Hopefully he'll be back soon. Yeah, he's still he's still around. He's still in the mix. He's, he's still, still in Coney Island commuting with the dolphins. That's right. He was also That's at our live show, too. He, he, he did a, a little appearance there. He's a man about town, that comrade communicator. Yeah, very very cool to do a live show with him and with a bunch of our other friends. Um, yeah, we, we got to collab with some cool people, too, throughout this, uh, this process. Like, people like Rev Left Radio, Chapo Trap House, a little podcast maybe you heard of. Uh, Swampside Chats. 
Pod Damn America. Shout out to Jake Flores, obviously. Uh, the Lit Crit Guy. Leslie Lee the Third from Struggle Session. You can still check out our series, Vampire Castle. I might even be doing one more. We'll see. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, Street Fight. Katie Halper. Uh, Aaron Bastani from Novara. We got uh, the Trillbillies, oh, obviously. Yeah. Love, love that. More from them soon. I'm going to record with Terrence uh, probably for a couple weeks from now. Hell yeah. Um, Trash Future. Daniel Denver, Nick Estes, Brandon Sutton, Angry Workers, Andre Demise, Hard Crackers, Ill Will Editions, uh, or people who write for them anyway, Left Flank Vets, uh, Woodbine Space, Ed Ongwiso Jr., Derek Varn, Anthony Fantano, can't forget him, uh, This Is Revolution, and of course, the Eve Six guy. So those are just some of the many cool collabs that we did. Eve friends Six that, guy. Friends I made along the way. Yeah. Eve Six Guy has his own column now, an advice column. I think that was uh, down to his appearance on the Antifada. Oh, I yeah? I can't imagine oh. he would have been popular enough you're, for w- You're welcome, Eve Six Guy. <laughs> you really got your start right here. Not that, not that long ago, we're, even. We're like a Kingmakers um, podcast, you know? Yeah, we make, we make the kings. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of music, uh, remember when we used to sing songs yeah. <laughs> on the show? I am a Gen X boy. I skate, I skate, I skate, I skate. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty fun. The, I mean, the look. The Beto song. Wow. The Beto song was <laughs> great. Uh, I've always been a theater kid at heart. I mean, I used to like actually be one. Uh, I'm not anymore. I'm deeply self-conscious that people can tell. But uh, I like to make up funny songs. And Sean's good at making up funny songs, too. So I was like, you know what? That seems like a fun way to get people engaged and make our podcast stand out a little bit. And also, like, then I would get to sing, <laughs> most importantly. So, boy, the yeah. way the cool locks pay. Check, I did those midnight raids. Yeah. So Guys maybe. Guys uh, like us, we had it, babe. <laughs> those were the days. Uh, yeah, we had, we had a few songs. I'm going to direct Andy to these after the show. I'm going to send him some clips Damn. to put in at the end uh, the songs. But uh, yeah, I really liked doing, uh, I did a Grimes parody oh, to yeah. make fun of her and Elon Musk while also singing a song that I genuinely like. Um, we were on the Musk same, beat back in the day. We were, we've been on the Musk beat. Yeah, we've kind of remained on the Musk beat. And I think we have to now much more moving further since looks like he's buying Twitter. So oh Musk boy. ain't going nowhere. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, oh, I also did a Bikini Kill parody called Liberal Girl that I thought was funny. Uh, just just a way, a way to deal with the fact emotionally that uh, Kathleen Hanna is just a fucking oh, shit. Yeah. And maybe she always was, but I still like her music. <laughs> that I'm with her video was incredible. Oh the my Hillary God. Clinton promotional uh, music video she made. <sighs> An incredible snapshot of a time that feels like it's a million years ago. That was a really... I mean, look, you say that now. <laughs> we don't know who's running oh for president this time around. We don't know. I mean, we have a pretty like anti-electoral bent on this show, but it's going to go hard if fucking Hillary runs again, man. We're going to have a media slap. blackout. No, it's going to be <laughs> It's going to fucking slap. We're going to be deep. We're going to have to get deep into like some Kamat or something for one or two years in order yeah, to try to yeah, avoid yeah. that if that were to happen. 
Uh, a friend of mine was literally just telling me he helped edit a text on Kamat. If I want to talk about that on uh, on my new show, oh, and I was yeah. like, you know what? It's going to be a while before we get up that far in history, but I will let you know because it sounds cool. Um, and you know, I got to bring, I got to wrap my ultras on this new show. You got to get the uh, ultras. If you're lacking the ultras, what are you even doing? Gotta, yeah, you know, like I've I have yet to go full ultra. But it's definitely a position that I respect and feel the pull of at all times. So now now that I'm going to be the most ultra left person, uh, if you can believe that, I'm definitely going to bring a little bit of that perspective, a little bit of a little a little bit of AP Andy, a little bit of Arturo and Shimon carry that forward well, into the future with me because I am above all things uh, someone who likes to play devil's advocate people had better be careful because Andy and I are going to are, are gonna create a position that's more ultra than ultra <laughs> we've been working on it it's going to be some real sicko shit you thought Ann Prims were, were sickos <laughs> we're, we're taking it to the next level it's going to make John Zarazan say we've gone too far <laughs> nice oh my god I can't wait um and like, okay, let's talk about some really cool things that I got to do as a result of being on this show. Let's do uh, it. Fucking Kim Stanley Robinson. Ah, that might have been you our remember finest when we, hour. Yeah, that was cool as fuck. If the Antifada um, should last a thousand years, men <laughs> will still say this was their finest hour. He was also just like a really chill guy to talk to. Oh, he was, was like, great. please call me Stan. Yeah. He was like sitting in the backyard with the... With the wind chimes, yeah. watching the birds, and like hashtag goals. And Will um, was so good on that episode too. Thank you, Will Meneker. Um, yeah, good job, good job, Will. That was, I think, maybe yeah, my favorite episode that we ever did. What a what a great well man with his wind chimes and his bird watching. Well, we also got to talk to Mike Davis a little while ago. That was pretty cool. Uh, I got to make a bad joke that got things off to a weird start with him, but uh, <laughs> we recovered pretty quickly. Remember that? No, what was it? I was like, I was like, because <laughs> you know, this was a year we did the the year in review of 2020. I think I it was 2019. Oh fuck! It was it was definitely after. Like, what is time even? When did COVID happen? We were talking about, uh, it was before COVID. It was, it was January oh, 2020. Fuck. This was before fucking COVID? Yeah. Jesus before. Christ. And he was talking he about the, that too. he was talking about the wildfires and how, how scary the wildfires yeah. oh, were. Oh God. Cause he predicted that too. He predicted so many of the bad things that happened that year were things that he'd been warning us about for fucking years. And he also warned us in one of his books about the coronavirus specifically, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, we, so like that hadn't even fucking happened yet. You know who did but, the pandemic now. <laughs> but I was like, yo, a lot of your predictions have come true this year in horrifying ways. Um, on a scale from one to 10, how much pleasure do you take in being right? <laughs> and he was like, what? Like, I don't, I don't take any pleasure oh, in was, being right up that that that's that, that stuff is a, horrible that was a good way to start an interview but maybe not with an 80 year old marxist <laughs> oh my god yeah so sorry mike davis um i tried my best but it was very cool to talk to him and i noticed he's really been focusing on like communist media specifically like no matter how big or small like he doesn't care about that he just wants to talk to communists on his way out the door of life 
try to, you know, give him one last push to try to unfuck the world Respect. on his way out. Respect. So like PS, PS. Okay, this is like a little uh a little tea. You guys ready for some Spill tea? It, please. Give us the gossip. Fucking fucking Sam asked me if I could get Mike Davis on the majority report and I tried and he didn't do it. Wow. Damn. So that made me feel pretty cool. Uh, especially in a moment when I was just like constantly getting shit on for being a communist. I'm like, well, Mike Davis agrees with me. So <laughs> that must mean I'm right. Cause he's very smart. Um, what else did we do? We got to do something, a, a very, in a very convoluted and roundabout way, an interview with Chuang. Oh yeah. That was incredible. The, uh, the left communist Chinese collective that some people think is like a CIA op or whatever. but Well, that's why we I have mean, them on. They're probably and not. Yeah, We yeah. disproved that <laughs> by how uh, normal the interview was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. It was cool to do something with, uh, with the anonymous Chinese communist op collective. Um, also, we got to interview an OG Black Panther named Bradley Green about uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, a movie that I liked a lot more than he did, but it was very cool to talk to him, a contemporary of Fred Hampton. Um, we got to talk to Michael Heinrich yeah. as well, Heinrich, <laughs> about, uh, about Walu and all that jazz. Um, I feel like I still need to go back and listen to it to just get all the all the smart points that he made without being nervous about the next question. Yeah. That one was a banger, man. I think science of value is finally being translated by Al now. That's, uh, that's Heinrich's like big German work that nobody has read in English before. So perhaps we'll have him back. Ooh. Perhaps you can guest on it when, when he comes back. Ooh, yeah. Two, return of the value. Maybe maybe he'll do the rounds. Maybe he'll come on uh, ELC or whatever I'm going to call it. Uh, in the end, uh, we can sh we can share him. There's enough of him to go around, oh, sure. guys. Um, yeah, and maybe someday you guys will finally get Sam Cedar on. Mm. Uh, you have his contact info. You know what to do. So fucking have fun with that. We're gonna be the first one to do a libertarian socialist debate with him. He's never <laughs> done that, right? I mean, he's done it with me. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. he's done it with random people who call in. But no, there's never been an official, like, promoted fucking pay-per-view event about it. Well, since we're becoming a debate podcast now, where we have people on, like, various Twitch streamers. Just Conceptual debate, James. Conceptual James, Fausch, or whatever. That's all we're really going to do moving forward. So we'll have Sam Cedar on and do an epic throw down about liberalism versus libertarian social and hopefully we'll get some of that claremont money for our efforts yeah that's how you make it these days wait who's that claremont foundation they're like a um like a new right think tank you might want to hit them up ah, and see fun. what kind of job opportunities they have for you yeah <laughs> and maybe you could sell well, your book to them Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know, I already got hit up by Charlie Kirk's debate show Oof. asking me to come on and debate Charlie oh, Kirk. Yeah. And I was like, I would rather masturbate with a cheese grater. But thank you for thinking of me. No, I actually did not even respond to that email. Did they offer any money? No. How not, much no. would they have to offer for you to go on and debate that Oof. small faced uh, dingus? Uh, boy. Uh, 
He's got a big face, no? No, he's got it's a like too small big. face on a big head. His face okay, is like scrunched yeah. in, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, God. I don't know, man. 10,000. Uh, it would, yeah. It would have to be a lot. Because that would be... Okay, I really don't think debate is terribly useful politically. And I so, like, the only reason to do it is if you're a sick fuck like Sam and you enjoy it. And I don't really enjoy it that much. Like, I can do it, but it's not, like, fun for me. What about clout, though? Clout's important, too. It's Mm, not just about, you know, being a sicko or liking money. It's also about clout. That's true. I mean, money and clout kind of go together in that they're, like... They're great and all, but again, not like that useful for our political project, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I was just practicing to start the Antifada consultancy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Going to do some life coaching that. for media people. Sounds like a plan. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm definitely not going to do that. But, um, you know, more power to you. If, if one of you wants me to pass it along, I'll fucking forward that email if uh not for a million dollars <laughs> no no all right i didn't think so um well you know let me know if you change your mind um but yes what was i saying where was i going with this um yeah this show ugh, it's meant so much to my political development and that means means a lot to me and now i'm i'm ready to do an even more niche and nerdy show specifically on the development of socialism throughout history and you know we're studying the past and hopefully we'll figure some things out about how to do the thing in the future because we got to do the thing well in that respect we're all in it together right and will yes be. yes we are well yeah i mean this is okay so this is a really important thing as well right like so when i started at majority report which by the way came to me like deus ex machina style when I was a struggling freelance writer doing takes for The Guardian and Matt Lex saw my writing Literally, and he showed it to Sam. you were outside your apartment and Sam Cedar, a Sam Cedar puppet came down on little strings and was like, Jamie Peck, come join my television show. And then the rest is history. Come get yelled at by me yeah. for money and cloud. And I was like... All right, I'll do that deal for a little while. Um, but yeah, when that happened, uh, I had some ideas about what I believed. And you know, I've been involved in activism for a while. I've been writing about politics for a very, very short time. But um, I wasn't used to that constant challenge by, you know, mostly Sam, who's just a powerhouse, but a little bit from others as well. So, like, I really needed a place to learn and grow and refine my politics and just like another center of gravity with like-minded individuals, which I think it is for a lot of people, you know, not just me, right? Like it's a, a podcast. It's a place where you can go to be reminded as a communist, as a communist or an anarchist or just an anti-capitalist or whatever, that you are not crazy, right? Like capitalism is on fire. <laughs> um, it is probably going to end one way or another. It needs to end as soon as possible. And so we can progress to something better. And we are the adults in the room, right? We are the ones who are best situated to understand what's happening, what the fuck is happening in the world every day around us. And 
together with the wider working class, of course, we are the ones who are situated to figure it out how to unfuck the world, if that is possible at this late date. There is no driver at the wheel. Your wallet is full of blood. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? It's a Godspeed reference. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Uh, Yeah, it's that is a based lyric. Uh, But yeah, I hope that we've done that for people. We've definitely done it for me. Uh, Hashtag adults in the room. Adults in the room. That's just that's just that's the truth. Can't uh, can't can't mince words. Can't sugarcoat it as much as I have been advised by certain people online, as well as in my life who like actually care about me that I just really need to tone it down a little bit if I want to be successful. (laughs) Like. For better or for worse, I don't know how to do that. So, yeah. Well, I tell you, it has been a real pleasure. Um, we managed to, to do it for years. We managed to build something great, some great content, some great listeners. And uh, I think you're very well equipped to go on from here and be very, very successful with that and everything. So thank you from me to you yeah and um thank you thank you for bringing me on to this show um i'm really excited to keep doing it with sean but we're always going to miss you we're we're never going to be able to replace you um and uh and we're not even going to try yeah (laughs) well we did invite a one sandy oc to join the show if but we haven't heard back from her yet um but yeah i'll always be grateful for you to for inviting me on and i'll always be grateful for the listeners and I, i hope you keep listening despite the absence of our queen I hope so too I'm gonna listen still probably I like to learn stuff just like Sam and it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah right um, you know it's always it's always been a bit weird when I go away or whatever to see the antifada happening without me but I've done it enough times so I know that it is possible and you know it's cool to see this thing that I thought up in my head like grow and become a thing that involves people other than myself and Sean and just grow and mutate and thrive in its own weird, weird way. Well, there'll, there'll always be a part of you in the podcast for no matter how many years we keep on doing this thing. And of course, we'll have to have you back periodically, um, not oh, yeah. just to promote, but just to hang out and uh, give us updates on your journey and all that good stuff. Hell yeah. As I like to say, <laughs> um, you guys can come on my show too. I know, uh, I mean, we have a lot of ground to cover and, uh, Jorge is really, uh, it's good that I have him cause he's really organized <laughs> and ambitious in a way that Aaron and I are not well, like, we all, we all have apartment. You can tell the guys are very organized <laughs> yeah. podcast host. We, yeah, like we, we all have things that we bring to the table, but, um, you know, at, it started out, me and Aaron were just kind of jumping around doing whatever we felt like doing. And, you know, that's a fine way to organize a podcast. But for something like this, where we're like really attacking the history and theory of socialism, uh, it helps to have like kind of a methodical approach. So we're going to go way back in time. Once we're done with state and rev, we're going to go way back in time for a syllabus. We are calling road to Marx. We're going to do some of the utopian socialists in there. 
We're going to do uh, maybe my man Fourier because he's oh, yeah. just funny. Oh, Fourier rules. Uh, <laughs> Bring the phalanxes back. Labor phalanxes when. Yeah. I know one of the main Fourier experts and translators. I can put you in touch. Oh, hell yeah. See, this is synergy. Um, but yeah, if there is a particular thing in history or theory that you guys want to come on and talk about, um, you are certainly welcome to do so. I feel like Andy could probably come on and talk about Trotskyism. Sure thing. You know, he knows, you know, a thing or two about that. Passadism. Maybe uh, when we when we get around to communization theory, certainly there's lots of people that we could we could have, including y'all. Uh, Marx, obviously, we we love to talk about Marx, don't we, folks? Uh, Sounds like you got a few internationals uh, to go before you get to me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We got a lot. I mean, look, this is so much work. <laughs> it's like so much more work than I. Uh, it's more work than I thought it was going to be when I first decided to do it. Turns out a lot of things have happened and all of those things are connected to a million other things in history. But, you know, I like to make things hard for myself. I like a challenge. So I'm gonna just gonna fucking do it. Head down. Do do that particular thing. And, you know, maybe if we're lucky, it'll help us to do the thing the main thing because like this is why we would not be doing any of this i mean i can only speak for myself but i don't think we would be doing any of this if we didn't think it mattered on some level you know to the world i'm just here for that sweet podcast money i secured the bag (laughs) i mean these are all valid reasons but uh yeah like if i didn't think this was helping at all if i didn't think there it was at least like a chance that it was helping I would go do something else. Like I would be a fucking public school teacher or something else that like adds value to the world. This is just the thing that I believe adds value to the world. That is the easiest for me and where I don't have to get up early. So (laughs) there we go. Well, mashallah, inshallah. May it always be that way. Mashallah. Mashallah means it already happened. Oh, okay. Right I on. thought you were talking about the Parkway, Mochalu Parkway yeah. in the Bronx. All right, we're really we're going to devolve <laughs> into uh, Parkway talk, me and Andy. Oh, Stick okay. around for a bonus well. episode. We're going to rate every single Parkway in the Bronx <laughs> <laughs> laboriously. Oh man, Springbrook using uh, arcane criteria. Sounds good. Sounds like extremely your shit. Get the maps yeah, out. Get some maps out. We're taking this thing in a whole new direction, folks. You'll see. You'll see next week. Oh boy, can't can't wait. Can't wait to uh, to watch what happens next. But uh, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna finish it out. We're gonna play me out on some clips from past fun times that we have had together on this show. Although looking back through things that I've done. Uh, there was also some really good ones from the majority report that I like totally forgot about. Like, like towards the end when I knew my days were numbered, I just like did not care what, like I was just a bitch blatantly (laughs) to people. And I did not give a fuck. There's some stuff where I'm like, I can't believe I said that, but yeah, let's keep it mostly to the Antifada. (laughs) I'll do my victory lap on that another time. 
Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for for listening. Thanks for potting with me, you guys. Thank you. It's uh, been a pleasure. And like, yeah, I'm not dying. I'm just going to a new show. So hopefully, you know, we can share custody of the listeners. We can share custody of, of the patrons. And of Jake. And oh, certainly. I mean, that's been that's been happening for <laughs> quite some time now. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, but yeah, uh, as, as the great Jake Flores once said, it's finished. <laughs> Live from Left is Best Studios in downtown Brooklyn, USA. Boy, the way that gulags paid. Chaka did those midnight raids. Bureaucrats, they had it made. Those were the days. And you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. Comrade, we could use a man like Joseph Stalin again. Didn't need no bourgeois stay. Everybody pulled his weight. G.R. Wald, you go, ran great. Those were the days. That was the good take, Andy. She's the queen of the anarchists. I've got news for you.
feel like I've dumped on Grimes before on the show, and uh, I feel kind of bad about it. Uh, I just want to like emphasize that, um, you know, when when Matt Lex says that she's white girl Kanye, there are two sides to that coin, because yeah, she's uh, really dumb about most things. Uh, I felt her politics were always very shallow, the way she would, at least as I understood them from what she would write on Tumblr. But she is also a brilliant producer and songwriter, and I will probably be listening to her music for a very long time. Uh, if, if she does a Bowie and stays relevant, if uh, dating Elon Musk does not ruin her career amongst the uh, social justice warriors out there. That I, is, I hold out hope for her future and, and, and our future mm. well just as a show of good faith to grimes maybe i'll uh sing one of her songs right now really you, you would do that on the show you would you would you would do a karaoke rendition of grimes just for us don't make me sing sing for your supper baby i think if you're going to do it at all though i think you should sort of emote emote how this might have possibly changed her you know mm. have time with elon a muskier Grimes, I guess, is what I'm asking for. <laughs> Musky Grimes. That right. sounds so sensual. I'll do my best. <laughs> As we wrap up this discussion, um, I, I feel like I've been a little bit uh, pessimistic about the anti-capitalist movements of today, but I also want to be a little optimistic because it seems like we have a lot of the raw materials that we would need in order to start rebuilding 
and challenging the power of capital, right? We have abolitionist politics are coming to the forefront of the public conversation in a way that they haven't before. We've got anti-capitalist politics, you know, large proportions, large percentages of uh, young people are saying they don't support capitalism. We're seeing uprisings all over the world. Um, Is there anything that gives you guys hope for the future that we're going to be able to do the thing to unfuck the world and complete the work of Fred Hampton, um, you know, before it's too late. I'm totally optimistic. I don't believe in negative thinking. I think that like Bob Marley says on the song war, that good will overcome evil. It's just a matter of organizing the good people against the evil people. And and like when you talk about the uh, 99%, there's more of us than them. What what happens now and because of technology and, and the Arab Spring and things like that, I think it's so much easier to mobilize the, and, and, and bring our forces together than ever before. The only question, I keep emphasizing this now we not just mobilize but we also have to organize and 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 not just get people out for uh an event but to get them to do things between events and and that's the key to uh unlocking what needs to be done i believe there, there are many more people conscious now than there were in 1969 in, in 1969 you had uh sds i'm talking about in chicago you had uh, rising up angry you had um, a few other sm- small groups but basically um, most of the people were you know like hippies and you know they really didn't care much about politics I mean there were a lot of you know counterculture people but not that many people who were that deep into uh, the struggle and, and like the largest demonstrations that we had there might be 5,000 people who came to, you know, like uh, when Bobby Seale came to Chicago, when he was on trial in the Chicago, in the, uh, Chicago 8 trial, which became the Chicago 7, when he was severed from that trial. But nowadays, demonstrations are absolutely off the chain. Hell yeah. Yet what force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the podcast makes us strong. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. For the union makes us strong. Is there all we hold in common with the greedy parasites who would lash us into serfdom and would crush us with his might? Is there anything left to us but to organize and fight? For the union makes us strong. Again, solidarity forever. Solidarity forever. Solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. It is we who plow the prairies, build the, the futures in the fucking streets. The future is in your hands.